0: Global Business News, 24 hours a day
1: at Bloomberg.com,
0: the Radio Plus Mobile
1: app. And on your radio,
0: this is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Stocks are higher, rebounding from yesterday's drop, sparked by concerns. Tighter monetary policy from Europe to the U.S. could derail economic growth. S P five hundred index up eleven to twenty-one sixty-one, up five tenths of one percent. NASDAQ is up thirty-five points, up seven tenths of one percent. Now industrials up 125 points, also up seven tenths of one percent. Tenure down nine thirty seconds at yield one point seven two percent. Gold up ten cents, a little change there at twelve sixty-nine the ounce. Crude oil, West Texas Intermediate, closing in on fifty dollars a barrel, 49.75 on WTI, higher by 2.2%. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. This is Taking Stock, the Fed in Focus on Bloomberg Radio.
2: I'm Kathleen Hayes, along with Pim Focus, the Fed in focus, the European Central Bank in focus, the Bank of Japan in focus. It is a world of central bank angst, some say. Well, someone who knows this central bank angst himself, I think, in a certain way, is Narayana Korchulakota. He's a Bloomberg View columnist. He's a former Minneapolis Fed president. He served there from 2009 to 2015, and he's joining us now to talk about many of these issues and his latest Bloomberg View piece. Uh, now, I'd like to start, though, with uh, the numbers we've been getting. You know, we got the services index from the ISM uh, looking fairly strong. And then you contrast that to the Atlanta Fed cutting its GDP tracker for the third quarter to 2.2 because the trade deficit widened. And you pile on that. There's a group of uh, Fed bank presidents now uh, who think it's time to raise the key right now. And I bet you don't agree that it is. <laughs>
1: Uh, no you, that that would be a bet you would win uh, Kathleen thanks a lot for having me on i'm uh, uh delighted to join you i uh, in terms of the data i think that we're uh, uh we're still in a situation where we're are we're, we're seeing slow growth uh we're seeing a uh inflationary pressures remaining subdued uh, I, when i look at my the metrics i follow on inflation expectations uh they remain low uh, you know, i'm thinking about the five year five year forward uh Tip spreads remain low, and also some of the surveys remain low. So I, I I I don't see it as a time to raise rates just based on those considerations. But the overwhelming consideration is really the Fed's a limited toolkit with which to deal with downside risks of any kind, uh, and you want to keep the patient as healthy as possible if you don't have, have any treatments if it gets sick. And so that that really argues against raising rates. Uh, is a, I think one of the, mo- the most compelling arguments against raising rates at this point.
0: Professor Koch-Lakota, you are the Lionel W. McKenzie Professor of Economics at the University of Rochester, and Lionel McKenzie, I guess, was famous for his work on general equilibrium theory, attempting to explain the behavior of supply and demand and prices. Where do you see inequality, disequilibrium in global markets right now? Uh,
1: great question and, uh, and uh, a great citation to Lionel. Um, I think that uh, my, my own concern remains that I think that interest rates, and this was going to come surprisingly I think to so many of your listeners, is I think interest rates actually remain too high in much of the world and I think we see that when people talk about, boy, there's too much supply or too little demand. Well, that's really uh, – those, those words are really markers for the fact that interest rates are too high. If interest rates were, were lower, um, then we'd be able to clear up this excess supply on, and, um, and uh, to the, the fact that we have, have too little demand at the current point in time because people would start to spend more as opposed to saving, and that would soak up the supply that we, we, we have. So when people t- – and I hear this from many business business People and financial market participants, they see signs of excess supply and and uh, insufficient demand out there. But those are all markers that should be make, make you think, boy, interest rates, even though they're historically unusually low, remain too high.
2: So – In terms of uh, what central banks should do, again, the the, the question gets very interesting. The Fed is getting ready to hike rates, and boy, oh, boy, if they don't do it in November, it sure looks like the majority is going to vote for December. Uh, And at the same time, now there's these stirrings from the Bank of Japan and the European Central Bank saying, it seems, you know, this quantitative easing really isn't working. So they're going to start cutting back. That's a little less stimulus as well. I know you think the central bank should be more stimulative, perhaps. But do you agree? Maybe though that that bond purchases have run out of steam in terms of being able to boost economies.
1: I I would interpret what's going on in the, in the, the BOJ a little bit differently, and it's actually uh, they're reaching a policy conclusion that that. Uh, uh, that that I had been reaching in some of my own thinking uh, a while back, which is it might be better to be targeting prices of bonds as opposed to trying to target target quantities. What we really believe in the in the economic uh, modeling that we do is it's really prices that matter for economic decision making, not so much quantities. And so the, buying a certain amount of bonds every month is merely a very indirect way to, in, to to get the influence you want, which is on on prices and yields. So I I, I actually took their. their their statement uh that they made uh recently to be much more I, I thought it was a very healthy move which is to start to talk about we're gonna be aiming to target um a certain yield for the for the ten year as opposed to um uh, um buying buying uh buying assets.
0: We talk about buying assets. I'm wondering if you maybe could reference uh, the Obama administration's economic stimulus plan, because you said at the time, I believe, that the reason you, vo- you decided you didn't vote against it was not that you were necessarily opposed to it, but that economic stimulus was not a settled question within the world of academia.
1: Yeah, no, uh, one of the, uh, unfortunate, I should say, one of the fortunate features of an unfortunate event is that, uh, in response to the downturn of, of 2008 and 2009, we've been able to do a lot of studies, the follow-up studies, to, to analyze the effect of physical stimulus. Uh, those studies weren't available at the time that uh, I, I signed a petition you make reference to. I, I think now, as usual, uh, there's still more work to be done and more clarity to be, to, be, to be found. But I, I think that it seems clear that physical stimulus when we're at the zero lower bound on interest rates, it can be very effective as a way of boosting uh, overall output.
2: All right. Just 10 seconds. Is there any chance the Fed doesn't raise the key rate by December, Noriana?
1: Yes, there is a chance.
2: And that's the right thing to do? Not doing?
1: <gasps> oh, they should, should not raise rates. Yes, okay. that would yes.
2: All right. Narayana, coach Lakota. Thank you so much. We like to get every drop of information and analysis we can out of this former Federal Reserve Bank President of Minneapolis, Narayana Lakota, also a Bloomberg View columnist. We're going to continue our Fed in Focus here on Taking Stock. I'm Kathleen Hayes along with Pim Fox, and this is Bloomberg.
0: Coming up on Taking Stock, we'll be speaking with Richard Grossman. He's the head of Halstead Property. We're going to find out about residential real estate values and
2: whether low interest rates will help the market. That's next.